Hey everyone, this is season two of Race, Justice, and the Church. I'm your host, Nate Winstead. You can follow me at Nate, Knight with a K, wins. Before we get into today's episode, I want to ask a favor. I want you to consider leaving a rating and writing a review for this podcast in Apple Podcasts. It really makes a huge difference in letting people know about the podcast and what it's all about. So if this podcast has been helpful for you, if you think other people would benefit from listening, please let the people know by leaving a rating and writing a review. Thanks. All right, so in today's episode, we're talking with my good friend, Andrea Booker. Andrea is a New York City native, born and raised on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Shout out to the Lower East Side. She was a part of the original core team that was instrumental in planting the Gathering Harlem in 2017. Uh, She continues to be a, a member of the spiritual formation team there, teaching on theology and hermeneutics. Uh, she's currently a Master of Divinity student at Fuller Theological Seminary. Andre has also worked in project management in corporate America and the financial payments marketplace. She's currently working at a parachurch organization here in the city focusing on leadership and church planting. And Andrea is African-American and Latina. Let's welcome Andrea to the mic. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I wish we had a live audience. They could be clapping. I know, me, like but... the little clapping thing. <laughs> <laughs> the way I said it was like, you know, there's not an audience here, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, Dre, I'm so glad you're here. Like I said, uh, Dre was on the core team of TGH when we first got started. So that's how I first met Dre, yeah, I believe. That's how we, yeah, we got to know each other first. First on the, the core team, man, so many years ago. Not really, but it's, it's flown by. <laughs> it's flown by. Just a few. Drea was, uh, she's done it all at TGH. She did some operations stuff. She is, uh, she's, we, the two of us led a life group together. Yeah. Um, Twice. Twice or three times, I think we, we at least times. twice. Yeah, at least twice at a minimum. <laughs> We've uh, we taught a class. It was the how to read the Bible, I believe. Yeah. We did yes, that we one. Did that. Yeah. Drea, she's on stage all the time, uh, talking about generosity, doing a prayer response, preaching one day. One day, that is my yeah, yeah. That's on there. I'm like, Lord, when when is is all up to you, Lord? <laughs> 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 so excited for for that when it when it happens. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I learned uh, from, I'm learned from one of the best. One one of the best out there. Oh, oh gosh. Oh golly. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, um Andrea is uh, a powerhouse in many ways as you heard from her bio. She's a movement maker out here, so I'm I'm so excited to to just talk to her. Um so Andrea, I want to start out and just ask, you know, about your church experience growing up. Um, what that was like and how you got to uh, TGH today. Yeah, um, man, my church experience. Um, so I grew up, um, as you mentioned, on the Lower East Side, a.k.a. the Loa, a.k.a. Alphabet City. I can keep going, um, <laughs> but I won't. I'll stop. Um, but grew up in the Lower East Side, um, actually in church. I was born and raised in church. Um, and... Um, it was a Spanish Pentecostal church um, that I was a part of um, for quite a bit of years, up until uh, freshman year in college, right before I entered um, oh, college. Wow. Um, yeah, and um, I, I loved 
my my church. I, I they were like second family to me. They literally were right around the corner from my home. Mm-hmm. I would walk there. There was no excuse why I didn't show up to Sunday school because they were like, "You should be here. You live around the corner. What are you oh, doing?" Man, they'll, like, <laughs> they'll find you. <laughs> they'll come yeah, over and knock on your door. Accountability was so real, um, but it was um, definitely a, a fam, like a second family. Um, and I would say though that it was probably starkly different. It was very starkly different than what my current church experience has mm. been now. Um, it was um, uh, not perfect in by any stretch of the imagination. Um, oh, yeah. Obviously, I loved I loved it. Grew so much. Um, I have a deep uh, appreciation for my formation from mm-hmm. that church. Um, however, it was legalistic um, in some respects. Uh, mm. Think about wearing skirts. I was one of those. I used to wear just like skirts all the time and no earrings. Uh, women ah. were sitting on one side, men were sitting on the other. Whoa, um, yeah. really? I, I was like in that environment. Like that's, that was, that's legit yeah. when you have the men and yeah, women on separate like, sides. Yeah, like talk about the pastor's wife like telling you to spit out your gum if she saw you chewing it at church. Like it was no game. No game. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, it was no game. No game. But I actually um, grew so much. Um, honestly, like some people have really like uh, bad experiences um, in that, that mm. those environments and everybody's experience is different. Um, but I would say I, again, they were like second family to me. Um, and I knew I grew such an appreciation for the Holy Spirit, mm. um, a love yeah. for the word being there. Um, but it got to a place where God was like at um, the beginning of college, like I'm calling you out from mm. this place. Um, you've been here. Um, for the time that I've wanted to form you in this season, but uh, no more. And that was right before college. I remember it clearly um, watching like a sermon on TV and um, just listening. And it literally, the, the, the message was like, you're a big fish in a little pond. And like, it's time to actually move you. To wow. a new thing. And I was like, yo, that is like confirmation. That's it. It's like, Come on, God's it. calling. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like not playing games. Um, so funny enough, he ended up bringing me to a English, uh, church plant. Uh, this is the first time I had ever heard of church plant. I didn't know. I just thought churches ex- existed from the right. beginning of time. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that I grew up in, <laughs> um, and, um, this was the first time I had, um, come across a church plant. They were actually a, probably a less than a year old. Mm. Um, and I remember, um coming to that church they were literally around the corner from the church that i went to so again i feel like wow. i was like, no. like he just had a really you don't have to go far <laughs> yeah not no no far i'm taking you little steps baby steps you're not ready yet for those big things um and so um got to uh that church was there for uh i want to say going on eight to nine years oh, wow. um, okay. Yeah, God stretched me in so many new ways um, there. Uh, again, coming from a very rigid and different church experience um, to a new church plant, I was learning what new church plants do in a community. Wow. Like they're yeah. starting from ground zero. Um, I feel like there was like 20 people when I showed up and I mm-hmm. was just like, what is going on here? Um, wow, I and had I no felt, idea that like, yeah. you had been a part of a church plant like this before. So Yeah, and I was fighting it the whole time. Like I was like, no, God, this is not where you want me. There's mm-hmm. only 20 people here. What are we going to do with 20 people? I used to have like 100 people at my church. <laughs> right. um, and he sure enough showed me that God can do some mighty things. Um, mm. He definitely... Uh, 
weeded out a lot of things in me that he no longer wanted there. Um, I remember that I had a, a, you know, a period that I like really wasn't serving the Lord. I was going to church, but mm-hmm. I really wasn't like fully in church. Um, and that, you know, I was in business school. I was kind of doing my own thing. Um, but I felt like God shook me up in, mm. in that season. Like, let me hit rock bottom and like, yeah, I think you, you think success and money and all these things are what, you know, he was like, oh, no, 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 you don't need mm. that. You, you need me. Um, and sure enough, um, I, I felt like I had that coming back to Jesus moment <laughs> during that time at that church. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was involved in women's ministry. I led women's ministry. I was on worship. That my passion for worship grew extensively there. Um, oh, I, yeah. oh, I, I forgot I had to done, mention that. Yeah, the worship game worship, yeah. is great. Um, uh, the leaders there again started to see so much and stretch mm. me in ways that I didn't even know like were were in me. Um, and I was again developing for sure. Um, teaching, preaching. I was. They were like, "Yeah, you're gonna do this," and I'm like, "No, I'm not. I don't think that's <laughs> what I'm." And they were like, "No, we we want you to start stretching. You know, like oh. moving those boundaries off." Um, and sure enough, like yeah. grew. And at just when I thought I was getting comfortable, God shook it up again, and <laughs> the church the church closed down. Can oh no. It? closed down it closed down That's i terrible. literally was like god i didn't think church closed down like literally, right. it was like a whole storyline he was like building for me i didn't know church had started <laughs> now he was like yeah they closed down too mm. um so that happened um and um i was praying about where i would go um I, it was like a year um praying and i had before it closed down, I want to say a couple months before it had closed down, God had already been putting on my heart that I really needed to build deeper community. Mm. Um, and I mm-hmm. got to know a really uh, good friend of mine put me in contact with uh, somebody at CCF, Christ Crucified Fellowship. Um, and I got to get plugged into this church, which was also a church plant in Washington mm. Heights, um, just through going through their, their life group. I just plugged into community mm. with other like-minded young adults, um, got to know them, build community. And then when my church closed, I was like, of course, like, what is going on? And God was like, hey, remember that life group that you, you've been going oh, to? For... okay. Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah, God's, God's really, really funny. He has to do some humor. He's like, yeah, remember <laughs> that life group you've been, like, plugged into? Uh, you should probably, you know, get planted for a yeah, while there. Yeah, just go to church there. Um, there you go. Yeah. And so um, was there for a period of time. The first life group that I had actually um, been to, um, you'll find this interesting. I actually got to know Pastor Kenny, our, our pastor from the Gathering Ireland. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got he was to your know life him. group leader? He was my, he had actually come back. That was his first day back from Kentucky being at seminary. Wow. So he was just, he was just coming back to Washington Heights and was going to be associate pastor at Christ Crucified uh, Fellowship. And so uh, First Lady Shanika was sitting right next to me and she uh-huh. she introduced herself and we connected on, we both lived in the Bronx. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to take you, we're going to take you home. Like, you're <laughs> really far from here. We, we're going to take you home. And sure enough, uh, took me home every Tuesday from right after that. And we got to know each other. I started that was going it. to the church. 
And that was it, it was history. History because, (laughs) as you come to know, um, they asked me uh, some years later to be on their core team. Um, And I was like, man, God, you have a really interesting way of, like, doing things. (laughs) He knows what's coming next, so he'll set you up for it. Yeah, sure does. Oh, so good. Yeah. Very cool. So that's kind of been summary of my trajectory a little. (laughs) That's awesome. You got... uh, you know, a legacy of, um, you know, being able to grow up in one church. That's, that's awesome. Not everybody gets to do that. And then, uh, you know, just following God's call, you know, yeah. to leave there and go to a, a, yeah. a church plant. And I love hearing about, because one thing I love about church plants is everybody's got to get in the game. And right. those were opportunities for you to serve in ways that you probably wouldn't have been able to at, the church you grew right. up in because they already have yeah. everything i knew that guy uh, well, okay i'll do it, whatever we have someone needs to do it oh, okay that is so spot on i feel like that was definitely a stretching because i feel like a lot of what was frustration in being in my church growing up was the lack of like seeing them engage in the community like they had mm. been so grounded in the community like everybody knew them but i was just like why don't we do things in this community like everybody yeah. knows we're on this block and every church knows that we but we don't work with one another what's up with that and mm. so there was like this tension that i was feeling and then on top of that like there was areas that i was like man i, I want to grow in like worship and that there was like no face that i was like hitting a wall like there's people that do that sorry like you kind of like you, you one day like kind of thing and right sure enough yeah i feel like god did you know allow that because when you're in a church plant it's all hands on deck like as you know that's well. <laughs> oh yes <laughs> yeah i so. feel like i've done everything everything <laughs> at some point as I mean, you have too so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. awesome um okay so i want to go ahead and um, transition us to uh, talk a little bit more about um, just your experience. Um, you know, the the name of the podcast is Race, Justice, and the Church. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of want to talk uh, you know, about your experience with race um, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of in three different uh, spheres. And you can talk about this um, however you want. But um, I think it would be really uh, insightful for you to share your, uh, just your experience in, um, in corporate America, um, you know, not anything having to do with the church. Uh, and then also what it's like in church, uh, and in, you know, uh, parachurch ministry world. Um, and then also, um, if you have any, um, any experiences with, uh, being in higher education and seminary, um, what that's like. What that's been like. Sure, 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 sure. Um, so I worked in corporate for seven years. Um, when I graduated from uh, business school, I entered, like many people at the time that I entered the workforce during a recession, and I kind of was like, Lord, mm. what is going on? One, but I think based on like just this culture that was bred in business school is like, well, you know, we're going to go get it. We're going to figure it out. And oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like really bright eyed and bushy tailed. I was like, let's do yes. it. <laughs> um, but I think I was met with the harsh reality that it wasn't necessarily, or I wasn't necessarily set up to win in that environment. Mm. Um, even though 
I had been told, like, if you do all these things, you know, make sure you, you know, wear the right types of suits and you are in there, you know, speaking up for yourself, like you're going to, you're going to excel. And um, I quickly started to notice that was not the case. Um, I walked into rooms and um, I understood naturally that coming into coming out of college, like I was going to have to work my way up the ladder. I was a rookie, like, Mm -hmm. you know, newbie in the room kind of thing. Right. But I felt like there was this un- insurmountable like weight that I was working doubly, no, mm. no, no, triply as hard, <laughs> um, and still okay. not, uh, still not cutting it. Like um, I was uh, not only uh, you know coming out of fresh out of college, but I was uh, female coming straight out of college into the business world, corporate environment. I was a Latina African-American female coming out of, um, and it just felt like this was not an environment that um, I was set up or in any way, like uh, there wasn't um, space um, for me to to excel in in different ways. Um, um, And I think I started to feel like I was hitting like this ceiling, like this invisible wall, like mm. that everyone talked about um, in different, with different respects. Um, and I don't think I had language for it then. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more recently now, this, this is now something that has become more prevalent in, in our culture um, that we have more language to, I think. Um, and I, I, but when I think about it now, I'm like, there there's words that come up microaggressions you know behavior being dismissed Mm. in meetings or devalued or like spoken over um Mm, more so or to um to the to my counterparts uh who were who were white um in the room and kind of experiencing that and again in the in the moment like you know well maybe that's just because i'm you know like i'm you know that factor of that I'm just straight out of college. But then I, right. I would see other people um, who were in that and didn't experience the same thing and was wondering, mm. like, but I didn't have language to it, I think, um, but I knew something was wrong. And right. yeah. um, so it was, uh, it was, it was hard, I think, for many, many years that I was um, in that space. I, I do love the, the field. Mm-hmm. um of business but i think i got to see a taste of what that looks like in a corporate setting where it's kind of like not kind like there's no like in in, in a different environment where you're like in your church spaces at least you, you <laughs> right. think like you know well, well we'll pray and we love jesus like you know right, you think there's exactly. like that in, in those spaces that's not like the norm you know it's actually not the, the standard <laughs> um so i think that that was something um of kind of what my experience was like. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of, not a lot of love. <laughs> there. No, no. Yeah, well, no. Like, and as it was, a like backdrop or whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't always, again, in direct ways. It was mm. very like, um, what, what you think of, like, what are micro, like nobody's like outright saying, you know, these things, but like, you can tell it's like this real, like, um, uh, pervasive, um, what, you know, what, what we think about what racism and sin it like very pervasive in its, in its approach. And so, yeah. um, yeah, you could feel it. It was tangible in those, in those 
different different settings. Yeah, and it's it's like all the um like you said, all the little thing. It wasn't anything overt or like right. racist. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but that builds up, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like little you know, like sand on the seashore. Like, you know, it's yeah. all little pieces building up and up and um yeah, it's uh I, I feel like um too often we say it's you know, it's oh it's not a big deal or or we even yourself, you know, like, oh, let me just try and like yeah. um make an excuse for this or surely put my it, head down and know, work I'll through it, you know. Work harder, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 Oof. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in different ways that that season was um I think with everybody that like your journey is different. And I think in that Mm -hmm. season, that was kind of uh, like God allowing me to see it in, in that, like in those, in the subtleties. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I knew some, I knew something was wrong and I knew I was, I was experiencing that and I couldn't put words to it, but I think it was like, this is, you're seeing this, like you're seeing it. It's, it's in the culture. It's in the system. It's in, like it's in the institution. Um, like um, and so, uh, there was no. You can't. You can't turn that off. Even though, again, like you, you try to minimize. It. Like I guess you know, fine. Today was a hard day. It was just a hard day today. It's like, yeah. Now, now I know that that was inappropriate. <laughs> that was not okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Not okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard to I mean especially when you're someone who's newer, younger in the field. Yeah. To, when you can even like speak up and say like hey, Advocate, that's not appropriate yeah. or whatever yeah. like Yeah. yeah. Cuz you're worried about just keeping your job. Job. Yeah. <laughs> and being able yeah. to being able to climb up the ladder yourself. Like Yeah. Um so that makes it even more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. um I, I guess, um, you know, you said you, you, there's the Spanish Pentecostal church you're part of, and then the church mm-hmm. plant also in the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Christ Crucified Fellowship and now the gathering, all of those yeah. I imagine are vastly different. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. how, how would like, how, how do you think, uh, race is like played into, uh, all of those experiences. All of those experiences. Well, my, I, I want to say my, my church experiences and prior church experiences for that matter have been, uh, been very different and like varied. Um, I think that I've been able to see how God has really like allowed that uniquely in, in how he shaped my journey specifically. And mm. that I've been in spaces that are, vastly diverse and then i've been in spaces that i'm like one or two i'm the only one (laughs) i'm the only person of color um Mm. and that those like very uh big shifts um even in different seasons in my life to like you know feel like you know tonight i'm gonna be in this vastly diverse you know a space and then Mm. And this, you know, tomorrow morning I'll be in this not diverse space, and I'm being right. and like the polar, right. like what? Is, I mean, that does something. Um, you know, some most people kind of have like you know their usual rhythms of like they just operate, but I had mm-hmm. like these two 
um, different experiences throughout varying seasons um, and still do. And I'm in the beginning, I was kind of like very frustrated because I'm like, how am I supposed to navigate this <laughs> right. shift every because I felt, um, mm. you know, as a, a Latina and, and African-American woman, like I felt comfortable, like in diverse spaces, like I'm biracial. I feel comfortable mm. with the diverse, like I, I drive in that. Um, yeah. And then there would be spaces that I'm like, and I'm like, does nobody see that this is not as diverse? Like, and in those spaces, sometimes that was the reality. Like, people right. wouldn't notice. Like, literally, there'd be ha ha moments when I'd raise questions. Like, like you don't, you know, that I'm like the only one here. And they're like, <laughs> right. oh my god, yeah, you you are. And so I think that has been interesting, even to again like um how i've seen like god bring me to these different um seasons of like okay yeah, yeah you saw that in your in your corporate experience or in your corporate space and that was just a, an opportunity to see like how it's prevalent in like systems and institutions and in culture and in some respect there and then now you're in these environments and now you shift constantly in these mm -hmm. different either diverse or non-diverse diverse very diverse um or not so diverse and you're the only one and i think it, it it's felt much like my own personal where experience where i'm like at this crossroad of like are you gonna say something mm. like being challenged to like speak up in those moments and um raise wow. questions and like um have conversations because i can't experience this and the beauty of all that diversity brings and then like shift to this other space and be like well i guess you know this is this is okay no it feels <laughs> right. it, it literally is like a fish right. out of water you're like mm. what what's going on here why is this not um why is this not the case here uh, yeah. when we know that this is god's design the diversity <laughs> he right. for that um and so yeah that has been interestingly my journey with like i mean that's that's like, a powerful and difficult uh uh, uh circumstance to navigate, to, yeah. <laughs> to navigate because um uh, anybody listening like you go into a space and you're the only white person you're the only asian person you're the only black person or whatever you notice you know <laughs> <laughs> even if you're not like uh oh, what what is it like Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I mean that, and that speaks to like our racialized culture that we mm -hmm. automatically um, notice certain things, um, you know, unconsciously. But also because it has a, a has a real impact on how people communicate, right. how right. Um, how they act, what things are, you know, gonna be assumed to be okay, not okay, just socially. Right. Um, and, you know, that's why, you know, we talk about code switching, <laughs> talking mm. in different ways based on the, the group of people you're yeah. around. Yeah. Um, that's something that, um, you know, as a, I could say as a white person, I'm like, Nate, you're a white person. <laughs> 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 just don't, like, Stop trying to be like anything else. Yeah, um, yeah, somebody yeah. else. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, it's but real. That's it's so a real, real. It's a real. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a huge reality of um, of fitting into dominant culture. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, 
and speaking a certain way and acting a certain way um, when that's the quote norm or whatever. Yeah. And the Uh, pressure to do so. Like, mm. I, I mean, when I think about, you know, that, that point, like being in the corporate space, there was that pressure again, never like, Hey girl, you need to change how you talking. Like none of that, that wasn't direct, Mm -hmm. but there was a like, Hey, maybe next time if you try to, you know, it's like, wait a minute. hold on. Um, And so I think, there I, I even after that that experience that I was in the corporate space I made that commitment to myself like I'm not gonna change who I am mm. um because um I've grown to believe that like God has formed me uniquely um and in realizing even again in that um how he's brought me into those different spaces at different seasons. Mm. There's a reason for that. There's a, there's a reason for that. And um, mm, I think so I've good. committed to myself, like, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't want to like feel that pressure of like, I need to be something else to be accepted mm. because I'm actually like making God small in doing that in trying Oof. to be something else than just being, who he's created me uniquely to be. Um, yes. Oh, that's that's a whole word. Yeah. Yeah. That's so it's good. A hard word. It's a hard word. But yeah. it's, it's, it's like there's there's no um like easy answers or right or wrong to this oh, yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but you're getting right to it. Like, um, you know, you have to really be in tune with who you are created in God's image and his yeah. love for you and his um, full acceptance of who he's created you to be. Right. Um, you know, and if we can get there, then um, like that, that's, that's the healthy starting point. Yeah. 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 I would, I would say um, in my, my seminary experience has been really interesting because I think um, I didn't, I didn't, want to go to a seminary in the beginning i was like mm. no lord this is not what you're calling me this cannot be <laughs> like, never. Uh, okay i'm hearing that wrong and then little by little there was just confirmation after confirmation mm. um and i was just like okay now you just fighting god stop um and <laughs> yeah you're not gonna win um but i really remember like as i sat down <clears throat> and was thinking about what schools to go to really things that jumped out at me was like i want to be in a space that is exposed to like different theological perspectives um that there's a diversity in the type of curriculum that i'm going to be exposed to that there's Mm. a diversity in the faculty um i remember visiting um seminaries as i was like trying to figure out where i wanted to go and i remember going to one and being like hey you know, in the open house, like, what's your diversity and, you know, like, the things that your students are reading or your faculty, mm. they, like, skimmed over that question. And I was like, I don't think this is a place for me. Like, wow. yeah. <laughs> I don't think, um, because it matters. And mm-hmm. I didn't know then how much it mattered. But being in seminary now, I'm, I'm so blown away by how, um, how, how God has shown how that changes how your exposure how your awareness 
of how other cultures, how other um, theological perspectives, um, uh, ethnicity, racial background, look at the Bible, how they understand the Bible mm. in their own cultural context, how it's expressed differently. Man, that that changes, and and it really shines a light on how we've like elevated white Western like theological perspective over others, mm. and others are yeah. just like. Oh, that's a cute perspective, but no, like right. <laughs> that's not, yeah. you know, yeah. So that oh, yeah. has been something that I've like cherished and I've been only a short time, but it's been giving like life, honestly, um, being in seminary. So. Oh, well, that's great news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and I'm glad that you, you know, you, you came to even uh, the process of looking, you know, having those things in mind to even ask those questions. And um, yeah, it, it does, it does make uh, a big difference um, in, in the curriculum, you know, what books you're reading. If it's all, if it's all white men, <laughs> every single yeah. book is a white yeah. male theologian. Like, okay, well that says something, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. You're going to get a certain perspective. Right. And you're missing out. That's the thing. On so much. You're missing out on the richness of theology, of understanding the gospel, because, you know, theology is is formed through experience. Like, that's why we have the doctrine of, like, the Trinity, because people, it was unclear. Some people are teaching this. Some people are teaching that. It happened at a certain time and place. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, we got to figure this out. So they did. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we tend to talk about that kind of theology as like, oh, it's just, you know, well, this is just the way it is. Yeah. Um, but no, that that came out of, uh, thank God it came out of, you know, an experience. And yeah. um, there's there's other uh, there's other ways that our faith is, is uh, lived out through different experiences that, that help us understand God even fuller and deeper yeah, and help yeah. us understand the gospel in new ways. So yeah. it's, I've always, it's I've always been blown away by like, that's such a, a simple, but yet often missed like truth in that, like we, we often say we believe that like, you know, God is, God's character and beauty is reflected in like everything around and yet Mm. we diminish and like discount the value that we place on um, different contexts, different people and their perspective and understanding. And in doing so we could be literally like, Oh, well, I don't want to see that part of God. (laughs) And that is like, I remember one professor like explaining it that way of like, um, God, um, the diversity that we see um, in the body, the diversity that we see um, in the world, like we is a reflection of God's character. Mm. And like we could be squelching that, we could be like missing it completely um, when we kind of put these parameters and say like, no, this one here is what um, is where we should focus, and everything else is just like, yeah, that's an opinion piece that <laughs> you can pick up on your own time, kind of thing. Right. Right. Like, yeah. So that that's been something that's been transformational and like, oof, I'm like, yes, let's let's dig into that. I'm actually reading a book now, um, 
on, it's called Rescuing the Gospel from the Cowboys on a, a Native American theological perspective. And Ooh. it's been, I've been like, oof, this is, this is powerful. Like, oh, um, is that, do you know who the author is of that one? Yes. Um, Richard Twist. Richard Twist. Yeah. Richard, Richard Twist. Twist. Okay. Yeah. I've heard about that book and it's like, I think it's in an Amazon wish list, you know. Oh, we gotta talk. We gotta chop it up later about it. <laughs> what's it? Rescuing. What's the title rescuing, again? Rescuing the gospel from the cowboys by Richard Twist. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. It's about. Um, I mean, the cowboys. That's that's like American. <laughs> American and yeah. Uh, like it. It gets into a bunch of stuff. Like, I mean, uh, First Nation people and kind of how we've tried to how they you know. Christianity has been forced on them and how mm. if they've rejected it in some respects because of um, it, it's never been good news in the way Oof. it was presented. Like it's supposed to be good news and it was actually bad news <laughs> um, in the wow. way. Yeah. So it's interesting. Um, yeah. So I've been reading that. Well, that's one, perfect. One Cause my... I was about to ask you if you have any like <laughs> books that have been really impactful oh. <laughs> recently. Oh, my but that's, goodness. That yeah. sounds like a great one. Yeah, that one's been, I mean, I've been eating that one up. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, let me see. What else? What else have I read recently as I sit here in my, my living room? Um, well, I, I've read a lot of uh, Tim Keller stuff, so I love, I love Tim Keller. Um, Prodigal God, uh, oh, yeah. Idols, in, Idols in Our Culture. That has been, um, mm. again, I think when you think about... Uh, how we, we have like personal idols and things that um, is one one thing that the Holy Spirit is trying to like work out, um, but also to understand that there's idols in our culture um, and racism and nationalism, all these things that we hold, you know. Right, consumerism um, or... Consumerism, individuality, yeah, like, mm. um, so that was a really, uh, really good one. Um, oh, man, I'm good, because I've read his book on... Uh, you know, just uh, I forget what it's called, but it's a, a idolatry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's an older book, yeah, but it yeah. was fantastic. Oh yeah. Um, you know, Tim Keller does such a good job of uh explaining the theology of something, and then just like you walk away, and you're like, oh, I need to. <laughs> Yeah, I need, I need to pray. I need to, get, <laughs> I need to get things together. Get my yeah, whole life right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Master, master wordsmith when it comes to oh, yeah. <laughs> taking really deep theological things and like making it simple to understand and apply. So yeah, yeah but I, I didn't know that he had you know written a book to apply to um, corporate sin. Um, yeah, so that's very timely and uh, so important. I think you know a reason why we as Americans don't talk about that very much is because we are so individualistic it is a an idol yeah yeah. it's like a a good thing that we turn into an ultimate thing Mm mm-hmm right 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 right. which is the language i got from tim keller (laughs) (laughs) so when he talks about idols they're good things but we make them ultimate things you get a bonus point you get a bonus point for me All right, so uh, as we uh, start to wrap up here, um, I'm going to ask you the question I ask everybody. uh, If you could tell majority white church leaders anything, what would you tell? What would I tell? Oof. Um, 
So I think um, lately um, there's been like just a heaviness um, in kind of really like challenging like what we conceptually or intellectually have thought to, to come to understand about like what is the gospel and mm. um i guess um it's it's something that seems so simple um yeah it's wide it's wildly like big and like beautiful and, and enormous and it cha- it should challenge everything that we um how we of how we live and so i think um you know, when we think about the level of privilege that um, uh, you have as a white person um, and think about the witnessing to the gospel, what that means is like, how do I, like, how do, how do you relate to, to God and, and really thinking about, man, if I say I, I, I love God and I truly love him, um, but understanding that he also like in his in in his word kind of like puts what the measuring stick of that mm. is, and it's really like measured by how I love others mm. um, and do that well. Um, and again, it's like really simple because we've like all read it and we're like, yeah, like you know, um, I think that it cha- it, it it should challenge us to really like man maybe this has become more of a head exercise like i've i've grasped this intellectually mm-hmm. but like am i like living that out um when i think about you know when scripture says like you know they'll know you're my disciples if you love one another mm-hmm. right or uh, you know if i say i love god but then i hate my brother um then you're making him a liar like mm-hmm. you're like it's really like direct where that measurement of like how I say I love God is really a direct correlation to how I love, Oof, oh a, Lord. you know, on the horizontal level. Yeah. And that's been like wrecking me. And I just like, as I think about what we're dealing with, like in this world and our culture and what's going on, I just sit and I just like, I'm grieved by that. Cause I'm like, mm. you, you think about people, um, that often are Christian and carry the level of privilege and they're like the Bible and you're like, but if you say you love God, like there has to be that like measuring thing <laughs> that you're thinking right. about. How are you demonstrating that in how you love others? So that's one thing that I would say. Um, oh, so good. It's a, it, it seems small, but it's like, it's a real deep like challenge to mm-hmm. us to, to reassess constantly, constantly reassessing. Right. Um, so yeah, that's one that, that I could think of. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the gospel, like it just, <laughs> uh, you know, it's the, it's the diamond that you can turn forever, mm-hmm. um, looking at all the facets and, um, never, never even get close, um, right. to, to seeing all of it. And, um, yeah, like you said, it, it gets into everything everything um and yeah you're right i think that uh, especially when it comes to our salvation Mm -hmm. we are very excited and clear about what the gospel is yeah when it comes to our sanctification (laughs) the continuing work we are we can uh, be a little bit more fuzzy on Mm. how is the gospel speaking to um How's what does the gospel have to say about 
um, about code switching. Yeah, yeah. Hello, I, I want. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's easier. Or I mean, that's harder than harder, asking like, yeah. what does the gospel say about race? We're like, okay, mm-hmm. we can talk about that, but that's a little bit easier. Like, okay, it's a sin, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, but yeah, but when you get into the specificity of life, because that's what the gospel does. Yeah. Jesus really gets into. Every, yeah, he gets he into your kitchen, opens the fridge, yeah. goes to the back, <laughs> says, what's yeah. this? <laughs> what's yeah, this frozen, yeah. you know, yeah. thing that's rotting back here? What's this? Yeah. You got to make this obedient to me, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. Um, and the good news is that he does it with, like, love towards us. So, like, uh, we can, yeah. like, rest in that insur- assurance that, like, if he's coming in our kitchen and he's like, yeah, this thing right here. You say you love me. What's going on with this? So, like, he's doing it in a loving way, only to grow us, um, to take things that don't, that are not supposed to be there yet. So that's a good news for us. But I, I yeah. think, um, really like asking those hard questions. You know, when we, you know, proclaim, oh, you know, the gospel. But is it good news to others because they look at us and they're not seeing that we truly are are loving um, in the way that God defines true love um, to him and and neighbor um and that you know that that looks different in tangible and in our in our in everybody's experience in tangible ways that's going to play out and god's gonna again go in your house and in your kitchen and gonna uproot um things yeah Um, and that that totally changes your experience like you said of uh that jesus is coming completely um, loving, full of grace. He, you know, he's yeah. already done everything um, yeah. for us mm-hmm. to give us, he gives us his righteousness. He knows right, we, right. we don't have any righteousness of our own. In he and of gives ourselves. Us his righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. And so to, to even come to issues of um, injustice or race or what, anything really, um, being able to come to it with that lens of the gospel really does change how you even interact with it because you're um it's not about self-judgment and shame yeah um and it's not about like uh you know defeating other people or or judging other people right um it's it's powerful and it's something that um is not of this world which yeah thank god yeah, because if it's yeah, if the measuring stick is based on what the standards are here, we're yeah, we're in trouble. <laughs> in trouble <laughs> for sure. That, that is the truth. That's part of the gospel yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, for for real, for real. <laughs> so good. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, this has been awesome. I loved. I love to end with talking about the gospel. So good. um so drea if uh people want to connect with you at all um are you are you on the the interwebs or anything the interwebs i am on ig uh drea uh underscore zero six one five i need to get a new name it's just not not (laughs) (laughs) that's good Uh, it's all good don't apologize (laughs) yeah um i just thought about it i'm like wow (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that is a way to, to check me out, um, there. Um, and of course, 
at my 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 church if ever you visit the the tgh uh, website or interwebs uh usually you'll see me pop in and out of there sometimes yes yes so, gatheringharlem.com yeah. check it out yeah people. Well, thank you for having me i appreciate it appreciate yes it. Drea, this here. was so good thank you so much all right everyone thanks for tuning in uh we'll see you next time take care bye, bye.